0: feel like a long time in the making our schedules are crazy um and you are a very busy lady you are an entrepreneur you've got a gym you're a wife you're a mother you're a dog mom you're doing all the things tell me about yourself
1: thank you so much for having me first Of of all and yes we've been going back and forth super excited to be here it's such an honor to be in a woman exclusive podcast like this is so perfect this is so um you know right up my alley um I'll tell you a little bit about myself my name is Karina Mello I am the owner and founder of KFIT Boutique Gym, which is a woman-exclusive facility. Um, thanks to the pandemic, and I say thanks because I never, ever would have thought of this, we now have a small men's program and is mainly made out of the lovely husbands and brothers and family members of my ladies who know about us, who have seen their transformations and who were so intrigued about what we do um, that they decided to join us for our first men's challenge and then decided to stick around and have now been with us for over 6-7 months wow. um, so it's also super exciting they have their own little gang growing um, and I love to see that progress but yes essentially we are a female exclusive facility um, and the way that this went about is actually a funny story because I started my gym in my garage after trying to train at gyms and trying to train outdoors and at um, clients' homes I decided to build my studio in my garage and my train of thought was I really don't want to have guys that I don't know coming to my home. So I'm going to train women only. And that is really how it went out. After that, I decided to get specialized in uh, women's fitness. And then I started to just develop this passion of like everything I've lived. And the reason that I, Went into fitness is exactly what I want to pass on to all my ladies. So it just became very relatable and the community grew. We had to leave my garage um, 11 months into the making because we outgrew the space um, thanks to my clients, their amazing results. They were walking billboards all over the place. One client will bring me three, four, five, and we needed to grow. It kind of like happened very organically and very fast. other than that, yes, I do have two amazing little extraordinary humans that I am the mother to and a four legged um, child as well. My son is 10. He is a little soccer superstar and he wants to be a DJ for which he's taken lessons. Uh, My daughter is a year and a half, and she is a little demanding diva. Um, I'm sure you can relate. Um, Having a little one at home is definitely a challenge and a half. Um, The lessons that she has taught me in this year and a half, especially because I had Sebastian 10 years ago, is like doing it all over again. Um, Needless to say, I'm a lot more mature. I'm able to um, manage my time differently. And um, she was born right before the pandemic, which... Being home with her was one of the biggest blessings of, you know, COVID and having to quarantine. Um, So that is regarding my two kids. My dog is a five-year-old, almost six-year-old pit bull. She was a rescue, and that's all I'll I'll ever have, rescued pit bulls. I love pitties. I was in the veterinary field for 14 years. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes. um, I always wanted to be a vet. Since I was little. So the minute that I graduated high school, I applied. I couldn't go away to vet school because the financials weren't there. And I did not have papers at the time. I came to this country when I was 14 from Colombia. So going away to vet school was not an option. I applied to a local veterinary nursing program and I got accepted right away. Um, it was, it was magical to me. I, I worked in the veterinary field for 14 years. I work at the ASPCA in the city for 10 of those 14. And I loved every second of it. Um, at the very end, I had to make some changes that started with personal changes, which I'll tell you about later. Um, and because of that, I ended up having a personal training side job. That then grew to the point where I had to put my veterinary nursing career on the back burner and just run with this because it was it was amazing. It won it went great. Um, what else do I tell you? I met my husband five years ago and um he's amazing. I'll tell you more about him later for sure. Um, he's an amazing partner in crime, he's an amazing dad to both my son and my daughter. He met Sebastian when he was four, um, and has been a great 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 parent ever since so um, seeing him with Sophia now that she's little, um, it's really like, you know, falling in love with him all over again. Um, yeah, he's awesome. And um, he's also a, a great part of my business, right? Having someone to back me up, to support me, to deal with my crazy hours, my crazy idea, my crazy project, it's um, imperative when you run a business. And he's been that and some more. Um, and that's pretty much it. I run an amazing, amazing community of people. And I say that I run because i come up with crazy things and they're always there backing me up you know like if i say we're going to turn our business virtual they're like sure where do we log in <laughs> if i say we're going to start training outdoors they're like perfect do i wear sandals or shoes um so it's really it's I, I am i am so proud of the movement that we have put together and the incredible amount of people that are in it um, and the beautiful accomplishments that I get to see happen, um,
0: you know, within it. Um, and I think I recapped it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so rewarding being in the fitness space and really seeing those transformations because yes. when you're, when you really, when you have, I think when you have your own space and you create a community, they are in, completely invested. They're all in. So you can see those changes as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to train you once a week. Correct. And yes. it's like you that
1: doesn't work. It's in a big box, big box gym. Um, having a, a, a boutique gym or a, or a micro gym really allows that community feel. Um, and you get to know your members by name. You know their families. You know their stories. Um, we really approach fitness from the life coaching perspective um, at K-Fit, which allows me to really get to know them. Um, So they're not numbers, you know, like they Mm -hmm. each have a story and and, and we get to know about it. So yeah, super super important.
0: important. Exactly. Um, Okay. So I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into, uh, (laughs) well, first thing, your voice. We'll just not (laughs) get my voice. Before we get started, let me take a sip of water
1: (laughs) because my voice.
0: (laughs) So when I was in the fitness space and I was teaching, I went through a thing where I had I had to see a vocal therapist, a vocal coach. I couldn't speak for two weeks. I had, you know, like the calluses on my vocal cords, all yeah. these things. And I, as we previously said, it's a real issue for people in the fitness space because as with any other muscle, you have to warm it up. You have to, you know, stretch it out. You do this, you do that with it. And your vocal cords, the exact same thing and no one ever teaches you this so it's crazy to see that it's still it's a thing if it happened to me i don't know six years ago it's happening to you i have girlfriends who have permanent damage so their voices are like this always so what do you do
1: so um I, it, it, it also amazes me that nobody tells you about this, right? Like you jump into the fitness world, you hear about things left and right, recommendations, do this, do that. This is the right form, this is the incorrect form. Nobody ever talks about your voice. Ever. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you would think that maybe somewhere in my NASM book, there was like a voice related tiny little chapter. You would <laughs> not, think. Not, not even a bullet point. Um, <laughs> Yes, it's uh, it's crazy. And just like you said, it, vocal cord nodules are like little calluses that form your vocal cords. And it happens over time. So overuse and abuse of your voice is going to get you there. Just like a callus that you develop on your finger because you've been riding so much. Yeah. Or, you know, on your feet because you're a runner, things mm-hmm. like that. So just like that, you have to protect it. You have to take care of it. We don't know about it. Um, This started when um I started training in my garage. Um, as I started training in larger spaces, I had to use my voice more. Mm-hmm. I trained more and more frequently. Um, we started training at the beach. We started going to parks. So all of these abuse of my voice just started like piling on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get myself a microphone until I was maybe a year and a half into having my own space. Um, and I honestly got it because I thought it was Time because I was fancy now and we had a space and we had a sound system, never did it occur to me that I was doing it to really protect and take care of my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this honestly didn't i never saw a doctor it didn't become an actual issue even though i would lose my voice and my voice would be raspy and and you know i would attend a concert and i would lose my voice 10 minutes into the concert um it didn't occur to me that this was going to be a big problem until we started training after the pandemic with a mask oh yeah i didn't even think of that that's horrible yes so <laughs> having to project your voice with a mask on without being able to properly breathe, yeah, um, this put me out of commission right away. Um, and I was doing a lot of recordings at the time. So I would train, let's say, three to four classes, and then I would record another two. And to me, I was a superwoman getting all this work done. However, even though I was getting super fit, losing the weight from having the baby, you know, captivating my my virtual client and mm-hmm. keeping my business afloat and recording um classes for the future to keep in our know, private library. I never took a step back and said, wait a minute, I am killing my voice. And that's where I am now. After um seeing a doctor for my voice back in December, where I was literally losing my voice every other day, mm-hmm. I would start teaching class and maybe 15 minutes after class, I'll be mute. Yeah. I would literally be doing hand signs mm-hmm. <laughs> to my clients um, after my demos. It, um I saw a doctor and he said, we're going to have to go into surgery. Mm-hmm. Some cases get referred to a, um, a vocal therapist. Um, you are going to have to get those removed. Um, and he said, so when are we going to schedule the surgery? And me being the stubborn person that I am. I said well it's december now i'm about to start my new year's challenge so definitely not during my eight week new year challenge um sorry six week new year challenge so let's schedule it for um mid-february and he looked at me like you really don't think this is a big deal to you and i didn't <clears throat> i was like listen i'll rest my voice um i have an awesome team i'll have them cover some of my classes and um, and I promise I'll be better about not using it that much, give me until mid-February. By the time I reached, of course, I didn't do any of those things I promised to do because we're so busy and we're so attached, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was attached to my morning 6 a.m. class. How am I going to give that one up? And then the 10 a.m. was also virtual and and I was attached to that. And I was attached to all my challengers who signed up to have this crazy transformation for the new year. So how am I going to pull myself back from so many classes? I was training like five classes on a Monday and by Tuesday night, I had already trained seven and I was meeting. So I had to really take a step back. As soon as I had my surgery, he said. You um, had your surgery. I had surgery. I had to have surgery. They removed two vocal cord nodules um, that were disincised. And um, I had to be on full voice rest for two weeks after that.
0: It is so hard to be on voice rest. How did
1: you do with your voice
0: rest? It was horrible. I remember I would, I would, I would get home and my husband, we couldn't even talk. Like, I remember at points, like, writing things down, texting things, and it was so um, lonely, crazy. which sounds crazy, because, like, I, we like talking, and even if I'm standing in line at the grocery store, I always end up talking to someone, like, and it's like, you don't realize how much you use it until you are in miserable pain. Like, I remember at one point, I was teaching in class, and it was the middle of the class, and it just felt like a scab was ripped off. You know what that, fe- like, but in my throat. And I, I just, I, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't talk anymore. And it was so, I remember like, it was just so painful and someone had to come in and take over. Cause I literally just, I just couldn't, nothing would come out. And I know exactly how you feel. And it's horrible. It's and I know other people, it's crazy. It's-, it's so hard to explain, right? You
1: tell people that you have vocal cord nodules and that it hurts and they think of it as like a sore throat, right? Like, oh, the sore throat that everyone gets. It is not. It is worse. No. It, um, your vocal cords are inflamed to the point where you feel like someone is permanently pressing on your throat. Yeah. So if you take your fingers and you push down yeah. your throat, that's how we feel all of the time. Um and then being on vocal cord
0: rest and not being able to use your voice is, is frustrating. Imagine I can't even imagine with a kid too, having kids. And, you know, I don't know. I'm assuming you're, um, the specialist or the doctor told this stuff to you, but whispering is worse, worse, but humming to mm, will help humming. I remember I used to hum all the time and it would help or like warm water, all those things. Cause same, I used to teach all the morning glasses. So first thing in the morning, and you don't, you don't warm them up or do anything. So you just go into it. And even now talking with you, I know, like, we're big, we're vocal talkers. So like, yes, we use our hands, but we also like, I can feel I'm like yelling almost, but it's like, that's just the way we speak.
1: Correct. And then, um, as I'm starting to go back, um, trying to not be that, like, Yelling talker, it's hard. It's how I get my classes pumped. Is how I get myself pumped. Yeah. So trying to keep my voice down and trying to be like the less, um, you know, cueing coach, is just not my style. So. You know i'm having to relearn how to do that i'm having to relearn how to keep the music down a little bit so i don't have to scream over the music but i love the music you know it's 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 definitely been a, a learning process i have to say this has been one of the hardest things as a trainer yeah to deal with if not the hardest um you know like from a personal or physical perspective um but just like everything, you know, I I take it as an opportunity to learn and pass it on and teach to other people, number one. Um and number two, it'll it'll be part of our story, right? It'll be part of like the things that we have to overcome and learn from. I miss teaching so much. I have now been out of the group classes for three months. Oh
0: my. Yeah. And my
1: doctor told me <laughs> three. <laughs> so after three weeks and me not being able to talk, I, I kept complaining. And I was like, hey, this is what you, you said. And he was like, you're just having a slow recovery. Like, are you resting your voice? Are you staying away from drinks that dehydrate you? Mm-hmm. No coffee, no alcohol. Yes, I am. Are you doing your, your exercises? Are you warming up your voice? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge for sure. I'm, I'm learning from it. I'm deal to, learning to deal with it. My clients have been extremely supportive um, my coaches at the gym, I I don't know where I would be without them. They took over all my classes. Um, they do an amazing job. I take their classes sometimes and I'm like, wow, wow. Like I am so blessed that I was able, you know, they, they had, I felt like, how am I going to just hand them all my classes? Yeah. Um, How are my clients going to (laughs) react? And it just, it flew, it, literally like the flow was so beautiful. It was so smooth. It was so organic. Um, I'm sure my clients miss them just as much as I miss them. But um, my staff has done such a great job that I, you know, I look, I look at it now and I'm like, it's amazing how the one up there
0: takes care of everything. Totally. So here we are. Well, hopefully sooner than later you um, there's, hold on. There's one more thing about this that I think is, crazy so i used to teach at a um studio a boutique fitness studio in the city <clears throat> and same thing you know loud music you're yelling th- trying to yell over the music and it was a startup so there were times where the 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 um speakers or the wi-fi wasn't working or whatever so we would have no mic and it was for a class of you know 20 people 30 people and we were on rowers on the ergs so oh, to my- yell over the noise of the sh- was horrible. <clears throat> One of the coaches, she was a um, Broadway performer. <clears throat> and what's crazy is, so she had been trained how to project properly. <clears throat> but what boggled me, which even now when I think about it, she also had vocal issues. So it makes me think if she's a trained profession and how to project properly, and we're not, I don't know anything about it. Now I do because I went through the problem. And she had an issue also that was ongoing. And I think even now she probably does. How How is this not something that's been brought up to the fitness community?
1: Yes. No, we have to, I think it's our job to raise awareness, right? Yeah, It's one of those things that nobody talks about. And it's, it's something that everybody should be trained on. Like with my, with my coaches, I make the mic a, you know, a necessary thing for class. And I tell them this and they look at me and they're like, I don't need a mic. Um, One of my trainers is, you know, also um, uh, was in in Broadway. It's funny that you mentioned that. I have another trainer that has never used a mic and he's like, I don't need it. I do well. Um, My brother, who was in the Marine Corps, trains at the gym with me and he's like, you really, you know, I I had a, a, I used to train 200 guys outdoors. You really think I need the mic? Yes. Yeah. Everybody's using the mic because I need them to learn from me. I don't want them to go through this horrible process. Why didn't I? Yes. Yes. So everybody has to use the mic at the gym. Um we that you know, we went through this and I think it's our job to make people realize that everybody's gonna go through it. I don't care how great you are projecting your voice, I don't care how little you train we use our voice day in and day out and you want to be put in a situation where you have a cranky one-year-old that wants you and you cannot even sing them a soothing song.
0: Yeah, totally. It's horrible. It's super, it's horrible. So um, definitely there needs to be something done. I don't know what, but yeah, exactly. Um, So next thing, You are a woman who does it all. You, we talked about your, your mom, your wife, you're an entrepreneur. How do you maintain your, um, I think it's more your independence outside, outside of each role, right? That you, you have to play mom. You have to play wife. You have to, you're, you are you, but to maintain you as a feminine, sexy woman, your own human do you know what I'm saying because I think that it's easy to get lost in doing all these things for everyone else including you know your business which is for you but it's for your family and the people like how do you maintain you I don't have a perfect formula um I'm still learning
1: I do think that as I learn and I and I um not necessarily forced, but I'm in a position where I have to pass this knowledge along, I have to then sit down and reevaluate what am I doing, and I learn from that process. So at the gym, for example, I run uh, goal-setting workshops. And I sit down and I study and I put my workshops together and I I make plans and I make planners for my clients and I do all these things and I I apply those things to myself. I sit down and I say, well, what's working for me? What's not working? What do I have to do better? And how am I going to pass this along? Mm-hmm. Having the responsibility of passing it along is really what puts me on the spot of like, what is the system you're using and how is it working? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to juggling, which is... Essentially, what we do, right? Juggling being mom, being a, a wife, and keeping yourself sexy, and finding time for yourself, and 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 running a business, and being a good leader. Um, I don't have the perfect formula, but I can tell you that planning, time management, time management, and planning my week is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do something for myself every single week, whether if it's a rushed one-hour nail appointment or a, you know, like something that I asked one of my staff members to hold me accountable for, like, you know, today, um, my my team leader at the gym um, booked us a massage. And, uh, you know, I have the, the time block for this, and, and we're going to go get it done. Um, it's important to put, allow yourself to start thinking a little on the selfish side, right? As moms, as um, um, business owners, we always think that, we have to keep filling cups and putting out little fires Mm -hmm. and we do that's what we do all day long but you cannot fill cups when you're empty right so you have to allow yourself to refuel. you have to learn to say no you have to learn to be a little selfish with your time and that's what I tell my clients my clients tell me oh I don't have time I'm a mom I'm always you know I have, my kids have sports and my husband comes home at this time and he, you know, we always sit down for dinner together and I have to work until this time. Well, there has got to be a point that you learn to put some time in there for you. Otherwise life will. Right. And this is when I get a little harsh and I tell my clients, well, let's say you continue with this lifestyle and in three years you have a medical condition that forces you to see a doctor for X treatment mm-hmm. twice a week for an hour. And it's going to cost you uh $40 Pay. Yeah. Are you going to be able to make time for it then? Because you have to, because your health said so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is your husband going to be able to accommodate and perhaps, you guys will order in one of the days and he'll cook dinner the other day so that you can get that health treatment done. Yes, I think so. Can you accommodate with your kids and have someone else drop them off or schedule these appointments with your mm-hmm. doctor on the days they don't have sports? I'm probably going to have to. So then why not do it now? Yeah. Prevent it. Do it now. So it's a matter of like sitting down and really, you know, doing like a bit of a jump start, and, mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of the life coaching aspect of what we do. Right. Um, We're not just trainers. We are DJs. We are therapists. We help people with life coaching, time management, um, learning about themselves. So I think it's important to be raw and say, I don't have it all together, but every Sunday I make an attempt. Do I have a perfect week all week? Absolutely not. Um, Do I have days that I call it a day early because I am so done with life? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was yesterday. Um, but, but we always aim high. And then if we fall a little lower, we still got a lot done. Is it overwhelming at times? Um, it's a matter of juggling it, you know, and not forgetting about it. Like, I love nights with my husband. So we try to, you know, schedule some time together at some point, And we hold each other accountable on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, we, we're starting to double date, right? So now we don't just have a commitment with each other, which we might put off because uh, we're tired. Let's just Netflix and chill. Now we have a double date with mm-hmm. other people. So we got we to gotta get pretty and we got to go out. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you have to. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Like bring that external pressure of like, okay, I got to get it done. And at first you're going to hate it. But then when you go out and you're getting it done, it's like, I'm glad we did this. We needed this. Always. It's
0: never, ever regretful. It's always nice to just go dress right. up, especially now because it's hard, like, or the last year, it's hard to find an excuse to dress up. So okay. now find an excuse of that things are opening. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, let's do it. And, and now we've all become kind of like homebodies, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Now we've all like made our space prettier. Now we've all gotten used to being indoors and having fun indoors. Um, so it's so it's okay to stay in, but not all the time. Right. I think we have to to juggle like, you know, the outdoor experience and 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 making yourself look pretty and making yourself look sexy, right? Like we we did this a lot before. The other day I was like, you know, I haven't worn this dress in forever. And and I'm gonna look I'm going to, I'm going to aim
0: for the kardashian today. Okay. And then and Drez <laughs>, laughs at me. My husband just laughs at me like, Oh wow. You are wearing that." And I was like, yeah. Why um, not? I mean, th- you work yeah, hard for your body. You put, you know, your time, your F you make time. So why not? Why not? But I think that that's why it's really, it's a hard, um, being a mom because you're setting an example, right? And with social media, there's all these pressures of, What's right, what's wrong? so it's it is it's hard to you know put and I think about it now, like I have this whole closet full of things that I used to wear, and I'm like, well, will I wear those again? Am I allowed to, or even my bathing suits we just got back from Miami, and I'm like, most of my bathing suits, it's like very cheeky, and I'm like, this is all I have. I'm not gonna go buy like so. So no, what? no like, not at all. I think, and I love that you brought
1: this up. This is, this is so big, right? Because a lot of times it's like, okay, well, now I'm a mom, so I should wear this. Um, and that's okay. Like, I, I absolutely get it. I'm, I'm not going to go to my son's PTA meeting with, uh, uh, you know, this outfit, but I am going to go to dinner with my husband and show him that I still got it with this outfit, you know? So I think it's, it's finding that balance. And also portraying it, you know, like you should not be afraid of saying today I decided to dress like this, and I wore this thong bathing suit, and I went to Legoland with my son last month, and I wore this other bathing suit. You know, like um, for ourselves, I think is the only reason why we have to do it, not for other people. But when you do it and you are okay showing it, you are empowering so many other people. You know, like there is a lot of moms out there that are. Thinking the same exact thing, like oh my god, like now I have a daughter, I'm not gonna wear this. Why not? If you felt up for it and you, you know, and the occasion was in and 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 you wanted to, you know, feel a little sexy, absolutely go for it. Um, even more so now that you work so hard as a mom and that your possibilities of you going out are. Ways
0: more slim that night out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no it's so true because you know I see like the other day I went for a run and I saw a mom walking with her daughter I, on the Upper West Side in the city <clears throat> and the daughter's probably eight the mom is I don't know it doesn't matter she's her mom and the mom had a completely see-through dress on like you could see the thong and you could see her bra and I'm like Okay, if they were on a boardwalk or on the beach, fine. But you're on the Upper West Side. There's no, like, what is the point of that, you know? And I know that this late, and it doesn't matter, but I know that she's single. I know that she's just, you know, trying to get a little extra attention. And that's fine. But I think that, like, I would, that really put the gears in motion for me for, because I don't, like, for example, I hate wearing a bra. So, I'm, I, when I'm with my kid, I'm supposed to wear one or I guess I wear my sports bra like I, or, you know, like it really puts, it makes you question every single thing. And I think being a mom is hard enough as it is with including, you know, all these outside external pressures of the neighbors, the people at the grocery store, the social media, this, that. And it's like, for people to say things that are negative, make it even like, why don't you just keep your thoughts to yourself? Kind of thing. I think
1: that people are always going to have an opinion. Right. Um, and their opinion is very much based on their feelings and how they feel and and, and the things they've lived. Um, so I think that you have to kind of like make yourself bulletproof to those things. Um If I wear something that's too covered up, someone's going to say something. Yeah. If I were something that is too uncovered someone's gonna say something so it's a matter of knowing that um and I and I try to um inject this into my gym a lot um where instead of us looking at each other and saying huh well okay we say oh yeah like badass you know good job that you did that because then we're we're injecting that positivity of like when we look at other an and another person and we we we'll look at them from a place of judgment, um, we're gonna have one set of thoughts. But when we look at them from a said, you know, from from an aspect of like, you are so ballsy that you're wearing that. You go girl, then that kind of like, you know, uplifts us too, like, you know, go get it. Would I wear that to go running in the upper west side? probably not <laughs> but you know what you're doing it now when it comes to we'll also look at it and I know that you were looking at it from the aspect of her daughter right like yeah what is her daughter thinking I personally feel that her is still small enough that you know it's not a thing and she'll grow up to be the person that my mimic mom or my develop her own style and her own feelings and go the opposite way um so i really think it's very much not just the example that we set for kids but the the amount of um love and 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 you know security that we inject into their heads um and and they do see everything i mean sebastian my my 10 year old son all he's always like you know making remarks like oh mom um of course, you're gonna worry about what your hair looks like right now. <laughs> and, and my comeback is always like, "Of course, like I don't want to look like a crazy person, you know." Um, but it's, you know, so he's 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 fully aware that I'm fully aware. But I always turn it around and I'm like, "Hey, listen, like you know, you know, this this is the mom you got stuck with, kid. Like, you know, I prefer if I look like a crazy lady all the time, um, and I call him out on things. So I let him know now he's he dresses himself. So I'm like, dude, like those those shoes." <laughs> with, you know, your flashy shoes are not going anywhere with that shirt. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, it does. <laughs> and, you know, he laughs. He laughs at me all the time. And and I'm sure that no, I'm not gonna have that problem with Sophia. But I think it's a matter of you know, showing them security, um, in a way, kind of like criticizing them from a from a point of like you know, enriching them. I'm not yeah being wrong on him as as like you look horrible, you know, but, um, you know, just teaching them the boys and then letting them go wherever they want to go with it. Um, I, I, I put this at the gym so much, you know, because we're, we're all an old girl facility. So you can only imagine where that goes, Yeah, (laughs) but but we have to, you know, empower each other, celebrate each other.
0: That's all it is. It is. It's, um, well, and you know, I think fitness brings something to that when you have to struggle and fight for you know that that extra rapper whatever it is that they're struggling or fighting for and you can only get that type of bond and community in a what fi- whatever kind of fitness space it is whether it's a dance class or you know uh, whatever it is you can only get that in that space where you have to struggle and you can only understand it when you do it with these people so there's a confidence that comes with that and i think that it's really special for a gym to create that because it's something that you you can't find anywhere else. Absolutely yes yes, it's so important and it's so important to feel you know welcome and
1: not judged while you're doing it and and you know to embrace the struggle, um, um, and to have other people celebrate it and 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 empower you. Then, um, I tell my new clients and it's so hard to explain this to a new client, but I let them know once you come and you experience the community, it'll pull you back. Mm-hmm. More than your desire to have a sexy body, more than your desire to, you know, wear that other dress size or whatever it is, it's, it's the feels that are going to pull you back and that are going to keep you moving is the mm-hmm. change of mindset. Um, I am so blessed, knock on board, that, you know, we don't have a gym in which... People walk in and it's like, oh, no, I saved that spot for my friend. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, but,
1: never, never. Like, you're the new girl and you're welcome. Like, oh, my God, where did you find us? Do you have any kids? Have you trained before? Oh, my God, girl, you're going to die. You cannot. You're not going to be able to walk tomorrow. <laughs> We've been there. Don't worry. You know, it's it's really, <laughs>
0: to me, that's cold. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's everything. That's everything you could ask for in a healthy gym space especially with women, because I think women are really difficult. Like we are (laughs) (laughs) there. Well, it's hard, you know, like, because I think that women are so competitive and there's this natural catty instinct. That's, I don't know where, I don't know if it's something that we were taught when we were younger or if it, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know where it comes from, but it's really a frustrating thing when you're, when you're one of those women who are comfortable with them in their skin, with themselves, not the jealous type, might be competitive, but it's it's a different type of I'm being competitive to be better and to make you better, not not to push you down competitive.
1: Correct. And I think um we're lucky enough at the gym that that kind of like weeds itself out. Um of course we're women and we are competitive and I think that comes, you know, like it's it's a, it's a girl thing. Um guys are are competitive but they're they have a lot more of like a like a guy like yeah bro it's form, like right? yeah right. 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 they, they can just you. leave they it cover up for yeah. each other they're like you know they're they're good at that what not for whatever reason and and i like you know like I'm, I'm in a journey to change that i'm in a journey to to you know teach women that we don't have to compete like together we're stronger um you know and and i feel like that's what carries through the gem, you know? I mean, we have challenges. We're we're very well-known for challenges. And when I tell people that join the challenge, like, this is not gonna feel like a competition, they don't believe me. And it really doesn't. Like, at the end of the challenge, yes, we have a winner. Someone takes home cash or free training or, you know, photo shoot, make, or whatever it is that we're doing for the challenge. Um, but it never feels like, oh, she won, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, holy cow, she lost this much. Hell yeah, she took that home. That was amazing. <laughs> so um, it's beautiful, but it really, you know, it's, it's not that it's not an easy job, but we, I protect our environment very much. And I have had situations where I've had to sit down with people and said, hey, listen, um, we might not be the place for you or... You know, or I have to sit down with a group of people and say, "Hey guys, like I know that you guys love what's going on inside of your particular circle, but I want to make you aware that it's making other people feel left out." Yeah. Um, and we're a family, um, so you know, it, it overall it has taken care of itself. I've I can count on my hands at times that I've had to you know talk yeah. to people personally, but um, it does happen. I mean, we're we're girls at the it's end of the day. To happen,
0: yeah. Sadly, I I do. Um, and then the other thing that I want to talk to you about is aesthetics. So we work out, we keep our body right and tight and do all the things, you know, to keep your body the way you want to look or aspire to look or whatever it is. Your husband is in, tell, tell a little bit about that world.
1: so my husband is a pa a physician assistant and he's specialized in aesthetics medicine so essentially what he does is botox fillers lips under eyes like all the things that are going to keep you looking radiant vibrant yes um and um which is amazing and you know this obviously just happen but we complement each other so well and we literally bounce clients of each other some of his clients come to him and then they end up becoming my clients some of my clients end up becoming his clients um we're such a, a, a great team together because of that to the point where i'll let you in in a little secret um our next gym the next K fit is going to be a combination of his MediSpa and the gym. Oh, wow, that's fun. Well, yes, we're I mean, aiming for a place where you can literally go and, you Do know, get all. your injectables done and maybe stay for your facial. Um and then, you know, wow, that's so and, fun. And, or class, um, you know, adding the M um, sculpting massages and, and all that good stuff. So we're super thrilled with the idea. Um, and I, I'm sharing it because I want to put it out to the universe. A lot of people, you know, will tell you not to do that. But I know the one up there listens to me all the time. And uh, <laughs> it's happening. It's happening very soon. I can feel it. Um, and, and it is, again, it's one of those things that started happening organically. Um, we never even thought of this you know, at the beginning when we met each other. Um, and, and it looks like it's going to happen for us. And and I'm super excited for both of our clients and for ourselves, of course, um, to, you know,
0: go on this journey together. Um, have you gotten any injectables ever? So before I was pregnant, I had, I would get Botox on your forehead. Yeah. And, um, at one point I was thinking about doing my lips, but I felt like, when I because it's my dermatologist that was doing my botox mm-hmm. and when I went in to ask him about it he was like listen eventually and this was a couple of years back eventually you're going to have you're going to get pregnant you're going to have a baby wait until you're done like wait until after you have your kids then you'll be able to just i mean i get what he was saying and i i never did it i just stuck with the botox but um it's very interesting because i do think that there's such a stigma to it and i don't think I don't, I just, I don't understand why it's so like, I think that when your face starts looking like someone else, that's a problem. But if you're, for me personally, if I'm doing something, you know, to prevent the fine lines or I haven't done any of this yet. And obviously I haven't done this. You can tell, but they do everything. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And I will brag about it to the world because Again, it's one of those things that is like, you know, it has such a stigma attached to it. Like half of my husband's clients, you know, he he can't do the before and afters. He can't brag about it because, you know, they're naturally that great looking. <laughs> but they're not. Um, so when I met Andres, the first thing, this is going to sound really funny. The first thing I asked him that I wanted to do, I remember we were dancing. And I said, I really want to do fillers on my hands. Why? Said, what? talking about and i said i saw probably <laughs> something he had right like a magazine or whatever because where else would i see this i saw that you can do fillers in your hands if your hands look very veiny and and bony but veiny is a good look but to me it wasn't at that point i was like <laughs> oh my god my like you know i was i was a <laughs> probably like very very thin at the at the time like you know and one of my times that I'm like bringing my body fat in days to like you know the 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 below 20s and and I'm like I don't like my hands right now and he's like I am absolutely not injecting a hands, like get over yourself stop looking at them they value you I'm like how oh, dare you you're supposed to be trying to make me fall in love with you and say yes to everything I request <laughs> But then he goes, however, I do think you need your, um, your naso- nasolabial folds on. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, um, yeah, like these are called, I think they're called like marionette lines. Yes. And we get them when we're very expressive. Every single time that we smile, we're forming a line. And I said, I'm too young to get stuff done on my face. And he was like, I'm going to explain it to you the way he explains it to his clients. And he said, our skin is like a piece of paper. Every time you fold that piece of paper, you're making a deeper and deeper and deeper crevice. Mm-hmm. Um, some people need Botox in their twenties. Some people don't need Botox until their forties and fifties. Um, and you're doing it as a preventative measure. So if you get it done, if you get your Botox or your fillers done on the early side of time, time, then you're preventing those, you mm-hmm. know, crevices to from yeah. becoming bigger and bigger um and that was the first thing i did i did my my nasolabial folds you made
0: me think ever. i look at like maybe i should because i smile a lot
1: yes 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 It's my know, only it's, expression it, <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't go you know like it's not like you're not gonna be able to smile um the you the lines are just gonna stop you know forming and one of the things he says to his clients now that i hear him talk to clients all the time and do consults is a, he's not going to mention it to you. He's going to ask you, what bothers you? And then he'll uh. fix it. A lot of clients come to him and they're like, what would you do? And he's like, I'm not going to point out something that perhaps you haven't seen. And yeah. not bugging you with. so he'll ask them what bothers you. So that's the first question. The second question is, um, he tells them, on a day that, for example, you put makeup on, like, where is your foundation sitting? You know, like if you if you put makeup on and you have this beautiful makeup gone on and two hours later, you're taking a selfie or you're on FaceTime and you're like, why do I have all these crevices here and here and here and here? It's time to do something about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're forming on their own afterwards. Um, he does such a beautiful, natural job that half of his clients claim it's, you know, they don't have it done. Um... And to me, it's like now that I've gotten it done and I see the the, the difference yeah. when it runs out and when I do it, I absolutely love it. There should be no shame on our game. We work so hard to keep our body looking right. Why not give our face a little help? Yeah. Um. I do Botox on my 11s. I do Botox on my forehead. Right now I need it. As you can see, my forehead is full of lines whenever it's my eyebrows.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I do Botox on my crow's feet. He does my nasal lip. Yeah,
0: you don't have any wrinkles here. No, not at all. They look like so I'm good. Like, you know. See, I have a ton.
1: <laughs> so, yes. And um, and then the lips. I think as long as if you get what you like, you know, like some girls love having the, best, the big lips. If that's what's going to roll with you, go for it. Yeah. Um, if you are rather more of their natural look, go for it. And dress is great at, you know, making people look, still very asymmetrical and you know very very subtle very pretty mm-hmm. um he'll turn people down like there are girls that come back to him like I want more lips and he's like uh-uh you're walking around with my name on your face we are <laughs> not gonna be the goose with the duck lips all around town you're not with my name on it. and they laugh but they thank him you know yeah of course you know, they, it, it can become a thing where like if you do too much that's your face and you don't want to be walking around looking funky mm. um, but um, there shouldn't be a stigma to it uh, everybody gets it done a lot of guys get it done
0: yeah that's um, what I'm learning a lot of guys get their lips done now
1: Botox is called
0: oh like, it's, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing you know where else I get um, Botox on my armpits I was just going to say that because I hear that something about sweating
1: Yes, yes. So it prevents you from sweating too much. So the people that sweat a lot, you know, like it's marking your shirts and things yeah. like that. You get Botox on your armpits and it stops the sweating. It's life changing for people that, for example, sweat on their hands or their feet too. Oh, much. um, also like you know, Botox on their hands or your feet.
0: So it's it's magic. It's magic. It is. It is. It is magic. It's an incredible thing, and I I feel like it just really boggles me how no one wants to talk about it yeah yeah it's it's starting that's starting to go away slowly yeah I'm really Mm. glad that it is because it is something that's like like if I don't know I see girls and I see you can clearly see their lips are done and if I say and I've said this why your lips look really good and they pretend like and it's like I know they're fake and that's fine (laughs) but just take it yeah take it and don't pretend like
1: i'm gonna i'm i'm creating my own movement against this i'm very like i'm very open when it comes to all these things you know like people come to me and they're like you know like how what do you think about even my clients are like i think i'm gonna go get surgery and i'm like listen if you want to get your boobies done go for it there's absolutely nothing i can do about your boobs i <laughs> had my boobs done because the minute i started to lose weight they you know offered gone. themselves tribute and they were gone um i didn't like my nose i didn't like my nose when i did my movies, i did my nose i wish I would have known a dress at the time because he does what's called a liquid um rhino okay in, in which they do rhinoplastic with um with fillers so you don't have to go through a horrible i have a wrap a like this he, that's exactly what he fixes yeah but this is why it's crazy he i like it, it life-changing I'm telling you I wish I would have known him then and I wouldn't have spent all this money on my rhinoplasty that's so crazy. how often
0: would someone have to do it so from what I understand is once a year for the nose. that's it yeah wow yeah. that's yeah. I did see it on his page and I was I like I'm fine with my nose It it's... does such a beautiful job like I see the
1: before and afters and I'm like holy cow isn't it and like amazing? They videos of him doing it, and it's like watching an artist paint like on a canvas. He's like, you know, he goes in and he jacks it <laughs> so from the from the side view, and he comes back looks underneath. It's
0: beautiful. He loves what he does, and it really shows. Wow, it is. It is. It's. It's important, as with what you're doing, with you know, what people are doing. It's you have to have a passion for. It. Otherwise, it's. That's awesome. Um. And what else? What else is going on with you? Um that is all, baby. I'm super,
1: super, super excited for West Nights with K-Fit. Obviously, you know, keeping the ball rolling when it comes to my business with Hubby. But um, also maybe growing the men's program, um, incorporating some programs for moms. Um, Now that I went uh, through having Sophie and getting um, myself back in shape, just like you did
0: so freaking beautifully. Like, wow. (laughs) I do have a question for you also, because you did... And I think that there also, another thing that there's a stigma to, you had a scheduled C-section. Yes. yes you carried are. this girl for months and months and months, and then you want to deliver how you want to deliver. Fine. What's What's up with it? Like, what, why is there an issue with it?
1: Um, I think that a lot of people think of the C-section as like, a, not necessarily a lazy way out, but but yes, you know, like they'll they'll talk to you about like why would you want to do that? You know, like the actual experience you're missing out. Um, I wanted a scheduled C-section with my first. I found a doctor that was okay with it. Um, the reason why I wanted that is because I grew up in um, in a my mom and my aunt are nurses, and I grew up in a delivery floor like my mom would bring me to work then my aunt would take me back home and i would hang out in the lockers for a good 20 minutes between their shift change i mean here all this like things that were going on and i was like oh my god this is horrendous (laughs) um then when i started growing up um i continued like you know seeing my mom my aunt they had scheduled c-sections um and they're nurses and they work in this field right so it makes you think like why are you choosing this um And then I became my best friend's um, birth coach. Mm. And I was her birth coach. And she wanted to do it all natural, which I give her all the credits for. Um, But sure enough, after trying natural for like two hours, she changed her mind. She requested an epidural. Her eyes were rolling to the back of her head. I couldn't help her. She had to sit through horrible contractions while getting her epidural. And I said to myself that, that I am not putting myself through this. Um... Nathan, who is, is her son, was born a healthy, handsome boy. And I said to myself, no one is going to give her a trophy for going through all that. This is her trophy, you know? Like, um, And after that experience, I was like, I'm definitely going for a Schedule C session with my first. So I found my doctor who agreed to it. He said some people choose to do this, and that's okay. Again, it's something that has a lot of stigma to it, but I'm okay with it then halfway through my pregnancy i started going to yoga and connecting with my body and i said but i want to like i want my water to break and to have to call everybody oh my god rush to the hospital so i said i'm gonna try natural and i went back to my doctor and i said i think i changed my mind i think i want to go natural he said okay no problem that changes nothing we just you know you do days, you do day. we won't schedule the c-section continue with it and then he ended up being a C-section because I wasn't dilating at all. Um, and he start we started having complications. So we went in for a C-section after having me on section having my second one as a C-section to me was a no brainer. I was like, I'm not putting myself to the trying again and sitting there while, you know, hoping to get dilated, getting tons of drugs, putting him through putting her at this point yeah. through the stress of like, trying for natural um and i just booked it i booked it and i did my hair and my nails the day before and i trained up until two days before she was gonna be born um and it was amazing it was perfect um the recovery is longer but i was ready for it this time around mm-hmm. it wasn't a surprise i knew what i needed um and i still have my gorgeous little trophy walking around with her curly head <laughs> um, does not make me any less of a mom even though some people feel like it does um, And that's what it is. You know, some people want to try, kudos to you. Some people try and they're successful with a natural birth, take my hat off to you. Some people want to have a a C-section. And at the end of the day, it's our bodies. We already go through so much during those nine months of cooking this baby. And then what we go through afterwards, listen, don't even get me started on breastfeeding because we should have an episode strictly (laughs) on that subject. We can, Um, we can. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally should. People need to talk about breastfeeding more. People need to tell you the real aspect of breastfeeding. Um, So I really think we just have to be more mindful of the things we tell other people mm-hmm. when they choose to have a C-section or if they choose to have a natural birth or
0: if, you know, whatever it is, birth, whatever yeah. it is, listen, you had a baby. Awesome. Yeah. I really, um, commend you for just owning it. I mean, in all aspects, you are one of the realest people. I know. And you just say it what it is and that's it. And I think that you you can only appreciate that.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I think we need more people that, that are both like us. Yeah. Just say, Um, so that, you know, more mom, more moms and more women feel comfortable saying as it is, you know, yeah. Someone's always going to have an opinion out there. They totally. are. That's it. It's um, that simple. And it's just an inflection of how they feel and, and,
0: and how much they love themselves. That's it. Them. Um, okay. So before we wrap up website, social media, whatever else you got to share. Thank you. So our website is
1: kfitny.com. K-F-I-T-N-Y.com. Social media handle. My personal is, um, kfitny. And then the gym is Kfit Boutique Gym. Okay. That's how you will find us um, on all social medias. Um, it was such a pleasure to be here with you, babe. I admire you so much. You're such a boss mom. You're an amazing coach. Um, and I love seeing your journey from when, you know, before you had the baby to seeing you through pregnancy to now the amount of people that you are inspiring. It's, you know, Thank triple you. what you possibly can think of <laughs> and you. then this podcast on top of it really cherry on top <laughs> thank, you. thank you absolutely